You wanted to know about the man in cell 11. Stretch your memory. What was he wearing when they brought him in? Do you recall? That was quite some time ago. Was he dressed like a priest? Like a priest? Were there any signs of injuries, blood, lacerations? That would be in the file. It is not in the file! It is not! Uh, Mark Foster, hello everybody. Yes, and uh, we have got a, um, uh, a good show actually, I'm looking forward to this. Um, so yeah, main, me too, yeah. Yeah, too right. Uh, main review is going to be of uh, Ridley Scott's new one, The Martian. Uh, we'll also have some what we watched and some uh, trailer talk and some Twitter questions and whatnot. But um, yeah, Brendan Rodgers has just been sacked. Mark's happy. Yes, I am. Um, I, you know, I... I'm not never one to shout uh, for a manager's head, um, but it, it was he should have gone at the end of the um, at the end of last season. Uh, I was prepared to give him a chance this season, but he just seems like a manager who had completely lost his way. Uh, but the problem is with Rogers, it, it is it was very much obvious that. When we lost, it was everyone else's fault. And when we won narrowly against Aston Villa, he was very quick to point at himself and go, look, look, you see, look how good I am. And he'd, he'd gone from being somebody who I felt was a good manager, but just not quite ready for Liverpool, to a manager I was actively starting to dislike. And that's never a good thing. So I'm never happy that anyone's lost their job. I'm just, I couldn't watch much more to be honest, of, of how, how awful we've been for the past sort of 14, 15 months. Um, so hopefully uh, the the strong rumours that are doing the rounds that um, we're about to announce Jurgen Klopp um, are true. Um, that would make me very happy. I, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, watching um, Borussia Dortmund when Klopp was manager for a number of years because, yes, I am one of those sad people who doesn't just watch YouTube videos or um, clubs when they're on uh, Champions League playing English teams. Uh, I, I do watch an awful lot of football. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I mean, you know Klopp is just, like, ready. He's just like, yeah, go ahead, suck him, I'm here. Well, I, I, he must be. I've been saying to uh, to sort of to Becky for weeks that 
if they're gonna if they're going to sack Rogers, it will be either on Sunday evening this this evening, um, the, the 4th of October, after the Merseyside derby, or it will be on the Monday morning, uh, because it makes no sense sacking before, whichever manager comes in doesn't have time to actually work with, with anything, really, because we're on a two games a week, whereas now, whoever comes in has got the the international break uh, to work with. Yes, it'll only be a work with the players that are remaining um, there, but also as well it gives the person time to kind of settle uh for instance let's say for instance it was Klopp just as a for instance it gives him time to you know come over get himself settled in a hotel or the um the the house that the club uh have rented um quite recently and have been decking out um for somebody Mm. Um, so it, it, it seemed it was on the cards. Um, it gives me a chance to kind of get to know the, the club and the staff and the things like that and get a feel for it over the next couple of weeks rather than essentially going, right, here, you're a new manager on Monday, your first game is Thursday, then you've got a game on Sunday, then a game on Thursday, then a game on Sunday, then a game on Wednesday, then a game on Saturday. It, it, it gives that whoever comes in, whoever it may be, a uh, chance to kind of to bed in. Uh, I have a, a, a choice of a few managers that I'd be very happy for, for it to be. Well, Dick Advocat's uh, just made himself choice. available. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. Um, Advocat could be available. Um, I, I wouldn't be that happy with him uh, or Sam Allardyce. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, Klopp, Klopp, Ancelotti or um, De Boer would be, would be my... I'd be quite happy with those. It's, I don't know. It's fascinating. I can't wait to see what happens now. And, like, yeah, it, where's Rogers going to go? Right. Well, that the thing, thing about Rogers is he'll never get another big job in the, in England again. No, he won't. He, he won't. <laughs> but you you could see him turning up uh, at somewhere like a in the future of Valencia or somewhere like that, and end up in the Champions League with a club like that quite easily. Um, when he you know when he, he did, I mean, he did all his coaching badges in Spain. Um, he speaks fluent German, fluent Spanish, and fluent um, Italian. So I, I would I wouldn't be surprised if if essentially he he goes do you know what I'm not going to get another big club in in England um, so I'm going to go to to Spain or or to even to Italy or possibly Germany and look to go to one of the obviously he's not going to get a Barcelona or Real Madrid but he might get one of the fringe clubs uh, out there who knows in Italy Italy don't usually employ uh, foreign managers and if they do they're usually Eastern European for some reason. Uh, but Germany have a history of, of employing sort of um, foreign managers, so there's a possibility he could end up there. I, I just think that his ego will stop him from uh, stepping down too far, um, and you know that that would sort of rule him out from being a manager of the clubs that are going to finish really between kind of eleventh and, and sixth. Uh, I just think his ego is too too high, and he, he thinks that his status is too is too large for, for one of those clubs. I mean, he at points he did seem a little bit like when he came to Liverpool, he felt that he'd arrived and he was doing as a favour uh, being there rather than you know him having to kind of essentially prove himself because he's still largely an unproven man, unproven manager. 
Mm. I think but, he's a very good. I think he's a very good coach, Brendan Rodgers. I just don't think he's a great. He's a great manager. Um, the guy spent an awful lot of money. Granted, he did have an awful lot of talent gone out of the the other out of the exit door um, since he since he came in because we have become we have become over the years a selling club. Um, there's no there's no way of getting around that uh, of kind of denying that. But uh, he has spent badly. Um, I don't care what people say about well, the transfer committee, which are his buys, which aren't his buys. Um, you know, you could still do better with with whatever you're given. Really, um, there's only so much you can hide behind it. For instance, it, it's known that Lovren, Joe Allen, Fabio Verini, uh thats just three off the top of my head—that uh, were his buys. They they were players that he brought in, as was Adam Lallana. Now, none of them are bad players. But you could quite easily say that three out of the four of those are not of the quality that should be expected at a club like Liverpool, and all four of them were vastly overpaid for, and one of them isn't at the club anymore, and the other three are hardly stars. I'm just glad it's, t- it's going to take the uh, attention off of the Arsenal-United game. Yeah, that finished 3-0, didn't it? Three fucking three goals in the first 20 minutes. They just, they just didn't know how to come back from it. It's, uh, I mean, it, it, it's, it's been coming from, uh, from from both sides. Arsenal have been looking like they're going to smash somebody at some point. Um, and United have been looking like they're going to get, you know, they're, they're going to pay for the defensive frailties at, at, at some point. The insane thing is about this league uh, at the moment, I mean, the, the ridiculously insane thing is that the first game back of the international break, you could quite conceivably see Arsenal getting beat by whoever they play, no matter whether it's home or away. And United going out and, and tonking a Chelsea 4-1. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, you know, Liverpool, we've just sacked our manager for poor performance. We're three points off fourth place. <laughs> and we were right to sack Rodgers. Don't get me wrong, we were right to sack him because we lost at home to West Ham. And we drew at home to Norwich. Um, so really, you should be beating those two teams if you're a club of Liverpool's calibre. So there, we got one point out of a possible six. So if you add in the other five points to that, then actually, we're in second place. Yeah. Which makes no sense whatsoever. Well, I mean, fuck Chelsea are only five points off the bottom. Which is hilarious. Yeah. I mean, that, that's... They, they mean, I, I know this is a film podcast, so those who are interested in football... You, you might need to skip forward on the first part of five minutes of this. Um, but there aren't that many trailers to talk about. So um, yeah. the, the insane thing about it is it, 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 I watched Chelsea today and they were awful. I mean, they were woeful. Um, and they're in, a, they're in a rot. They're in a rut. And it, once it gets to a point of where Abramovich looks at that and goes, right, there's a possibility now we might be too far off getting fourth place. Um, he will jettison Mourinho. He yeah. just will, just because, because no matter what you look at, yeah, well, maybe, you know, maybe. <laughs> it's the fucking stranger things have happened. He's got links to the club. Um, you know, it, it wouldn't be out of the realms of possibility. If there was one top six club that would go for Rodgers, it, it would be Chelsea, <laughs> close followed by Tottenham probably. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, that's that's the thing. He, he, he will <laughs> jettison him because he's done it. He's done it before, several times, and every time, it, it, it's it's had the desired effect that he wanted in 
the short term. Maybe not in the long term, but always within the short term. I don't know, it's fascinating. I like. I I kind of wish the international break wasn't there now, especially well, considering yeah, how fucking boring. pointless it is. Like for for England, boring. you know. Well, I, 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 do you know what? I, all I care about in the international break is that Wales don't fuck it up and do get a point out of the two games they've got. Yeah, man, I, it's it's interesting. I mean, like nobody in Wales is going to give a fuck about it next weekend with, um, you know, Wales versus Australia in the rugby and whatnot. Like, yeah, no one is going to give a fuck. It's going to be a really, I mean, it's going to be a massive sporting weekend in Wales next uh, next week. I mean. My work's going to be insufferable for at least another two weeks now, but um, but yeah, no, it's um, it's kind of crazy actually living somewhere where there seems to be hope about sport. It doesn't happen that often for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I, 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 people keep talking about the Rugby World Cup, and I, my, I'm always like, I, I, I don't know what's going on because. It, I, I did think about it and thought, oh, Rugby World Cup's on, I might follow that. I thought, but I, I, I know nothing about rugby. I, frankly, I, I don't care about rugby. I would literally be one of those people who only follows a sport every four years when there's a major tournament going on, and those are the exact people that piss me off with football. So I decided, ha, why don't I just not? Yeah, I, I genuinely couldn't give a fuck. I like it. Just yeah. when people ask me about it, at you work, kind of or, you kind of have to though a little bit. With 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 living in Wales, no, no I, much more rugby players. I don't, and I probably seem yeah. a little bit um, antisocial with it. But when people ask like ask me about it, I'm just like, I'm not at all interested. I don't care. <laughs> and they're like, oh right, okay, and that's about it. I just, I'm just being uh, honest. You know, I could not give a fuck. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. It's, just, it's not my spot, is what I'm going to say with yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, all power to those whose sport it is. You know, it's just like... like yes, saying. absolutely. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, let's move on. Oh, I'll also say as well, I had to take my Wii U back today, so no Mario, more Mario Maker for me. Uh, I, I, why? Um, the joypad, a couple of days in, started rattling. And I looked it up online, and apparently it like it will go downhill. So um, it was just like, right, I took it back. I was like, have you got any replacements? And she was just like, no, we haven't got any in stock. I just thought, fuck it then, whatever. I'll just take a refund. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's all. Man, I love your little with with entertainment <laughs> and stuff like that. What have, you, what have you got your eye on next? Nothing. I got that activity tracker thing today, but that, that, oh, didn't, yeah. that didn't cost much. Because you got a Fitbit, didn't you? I do have a Fitbit, yeah. I, I just have the, the band because I, I already wear a watch and I quite like my, my, my watch. So if I had two watches on, I figure I'd look like a two-watch twat. So um, I, I just got the standard one uh, that tracks my steps and stuff like that. Uh, but I use it quite a bit. It, it's quite sort of entertaining to use. It's quite sort of strange and I can track my, my diet and everything on it. Um, which I occasionally I forget to do, but fuck it, it's, it's one of those things. I'm not going to be subservient to this weird thing that's around my wrist. No, I mean I I got um, the the Jawbone Up Free, uh, which has like a heart rate tracker and it does sleep tracking as well. And um, yeah, mine does mine does um, mine does sleep tracking. It doesn't have a heart rate monitor though. Yeah, I, I'm kind of um, intrigued to see how it um, all all goes. I mean, it's been 
has been taking my heart rate every now and then. Um, and we'll, uh, yeah, no, we'll see. I'm, you know, I'm trying to be sensible about all this shit and try to eat better and, like, actually kind of push myself to actually move, you know. So I, I think it should help. It's a nice-looking thing, though. Very small. Yeah, it's nice a little bit of kit, yeah. What's, what colour did you go for? Just black. I don't want to be too obvious black. about it. You know, like, there's just yeah. like people going, oh, what's that? It's just, oh, I have to explain got, it I've and got... shit. Yeah, I've got a blue one, uh, and I'm gonna because uh, because I wear it at work, uh, and it's a little bit. I don't know how the job works. Is it a little bit that goes inside the band? Um, it's it's basically it's kind of like it's a little hooky thing, and there's like yeah. an adjustable kind of bit that it fits into, and then you just kind of slot it in there. But it's, yeah, that's it's what nice the Fitbit's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Fitbit's, yeah, it's this tiny little, um, essentially little thing that kind of slides into the wristband. So you can change the colour of the wristbands relatively easily. Oh, nice. So I'm going to have one, the blue one I'm going to keep for, for work because it's already a little bit kind of stained with 100-year-old soot and crap. Um, and I'm going to get uh, a different colour just to wear when I'm not at work um, so that it stays a little bit cleaner looking. Yeah. Very nice. We we should fucking chat about some films. We should chat about yeah. some films because we've been going for like a good solid quarter of an hour, and yeah. our thoughts about it's, it's football, football, <laughs> and our fitness, fitness regime. Jesus Christ! Right, okay. Uh, and, and guys, if you've ever met us, you know the people who do know us. Us talking about fitness is fucking weird. <laughs> it's, it's weird, yeah. yeah. Uh, saying all this as I'm fucking drinking a double Jack and Coke, you know, but um. Anyway, um, <laughs> trailers. Um, we both watched the trailer for Bone Tomahawk before uh, coming onto the podcast. Um, that trailer was weird. It kind of felt yeah. like it was just bits of scenes. Yeah, it did. It didn't feel like like um, a kind of a, 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 to get a trailer that kind of gave us an idea of what the film was about. I have an idea of what the film is about, yeah. but it, it, it did seem. It worried me a little bit how slapdash and how sparse the trailer looked. Um, and then when you think about it, this is a two and a bit hour movie um, from a first time director. Handling what actually is a some very good, some not so great um, cast. So I'm still, I still remain excited, but I also remain a little bit worried that it could be one of those films where you're watching it going, Hmm. Oh, is this it? Yeah. 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 Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it's getting a fair bit of buzz and I'm kind of, I, I am intrigued to see how it goes, um, you know, how the, the how the film goes. But I, I agree. I, it kind of feels like, may, like with the, the end in particular, it feels like there might be some more kind of horror genre stuff going on, but there's not an awful lot of that at first. No, there isn't, because it is, it is listed as kind of like a, a Western horror, uh, a Western horror thriller kind of film is what they're, what they're going for. So that's, that is quite interesting. Um, but yeah, I could say, if, if I'd seen that trailer, I would have thought, and not known, um, not read a little bit about it during the week, uh, I'd have thought, oh, all right, it, 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 it's one of those where, it's probably directed by the writer of something or the second unit director of, of a few films that a couple of these guys have worked on or something like that. And it's a doing job, you know, got the accident because they're his friends or the friend of friends and everything like that. And it's going to be like 95 minutes, 100 minutes and a proper genre flick. But, you know, the, the, the thing that stands out there is this film is tracking 
you know, over two hours long. Uh, and that that's long. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Especially uh, for that type type of movie. Yeah, for what this looks to be. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Um, I, I I mean, it's obviously going to be the less the lesser of the uh, Kurt Russell Western pieces uh, that w- yes. that we're going to get over the next few months. But I'm intrigued all the same. Yeah, I would think it'll probably get a release just just after probably um, the Hateful Eight comes out, just to kind of get that 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 kind of buzz from there of the Kurt Russell of, of, of oh man, why is it Kurt? Why aren't Kurt Russell in more? I want to see more Kurt Russell. Well, actually, and it'll probably here be, you go. It'll probably be retitled like the Hated Eight Tomahawk or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wouldn't surprise you. <laughs> like that fucking what was that Nicholas Holt film that like came like was around around about at the time, same time as Fury Road and it was like it was called something completely different originally and then it got renamed. Oh god, I'm gonna have to look this up now. But like, I, yeah, the, the cover of it would just look like the poster for Mad a Mad Max. I mean, it's like when uh, like um, Samuel L. Jackson was in. A film around about the time of the Avengers, and it got renamed to Fury. Yeah, and it was just like, yeah. wow, you lot have no shame. Was it no Dark Place? No, it wasn't Dark Places, was it? No, um, it was. It might, it might be. I mean, it was renamed as something, so it might be Dark Places. No, was you it know what? I don't Kill know. your friends. No, no, I don't think so. What the fuck was it? Oh, God, no. Okay, this is going to be really annoying. What's it equals? No, it's not that either. Uh, oh, God, I'm going to have to Google this. Nicholas Holtz, Mad <laughs> Max r- Ripoff. What's that do? <laughs> well, while they're doing that, I, 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 I'll, I'll chat about a couple of the other trailers I saw. Um... So I'll trade up for a film called Badland Bear. Road to Fury. Badland Roads. I've got to Google this now. Badland Road to Fury. What the fuck? What the hell is this? Images. I've always known yeah, these young Paul. ones. Oh my god. Yeah. Wow. Starring. Michael Shannon and Elle Fanning. Wow, yeah, that that is that. <laughs> guys. It, while, you, while you're listening to this, just Google "Badland Road to Fury" and have a look at the DVD cover to that. It couldn't be any more of a ripoff of Mad Max Fury like, that's Road. That's terrible. That's shameless. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, sorry, but uh, go on. Yeah, uh, a film called Bear. Um, it looks like the uh, the idea is uh, there's a girl who works in a convenience store and she needs more money. Her life's going down the pan. She feels that she's not going anywhere. And then guess what? what at one point during one of her shifts, she meets Paz de la Herta. And guess where Paz de la Herta works, where she makes loads of money? Uh, strip club. Of course. <laughs> Paz de la Herta works in a strip club because... Pazla Herta probably works in a strip club mm. in real life. Poor Pazla Herta. Um, yeah, I reckon her. I reckon her house is actually a strip club, and she just invites the neighbours round. It's like I'm gonna have a barbecue, everybody. It's like I oh, really. Are you gonna be wearing clothes by the time the barbecue happens? 
I've come out with invites to the barbecue. I'm not wearing clothes. Why would I wear clothes at the barbecue? It, 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 it seems like what happens is she then works at the strip club and everything seems to go downhill from there, but that's better. Right. So I'm actually quite interested in that, um, mainly because it's in a strip club. Um, a film called The Forest, uh, yes. starring Natalie Dormer. Um, of course, uh, there was a break in filming of um, Game of Thrones, which I don't watch and you do watch. Um, so we're bound to get a load. Of, it's, it's Natalie Dormer. I don't know whether I'm allowed to ask this. Is she dead or not? Because everyone seems to be dead <laughs> in that show. Is she not dead? Or can you not answer that? No, yeah, yeah, no, she's not dead. She's not dead, right? She's not dead. She's probably um, going to be dead quite early on in the next season, I think. All right. Well, if that if that happens when you're listening to this, we said it before it happened. Um, so yeah, it, we'll get. I would think we'll get a, a, a kind of a mini sort of slew of. Oh, it's that person from Game from Thrones. Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's the person from Game of Thrones. Um, I don't know whether she's decent in in that at all. Um, the only thing I can really remember seeing her in is um, the Hunger Games film, where I thought she was pretty terrible, to be honest. Um, this just looks like the generic branching out horror uh, movie that that loads of the you know young actresses seem seem to get. Uh, it might be good, it might be shit. I'll watch it, but I hold out very little hope. It, it's the checklist every young actor has to do some horror film at some point. Yeah, it's a thing, really, isn't it? I mean, it's coming out in January, which like you know it it will come out the first week of January when there's bugger all else out. And it will turn a nice little profit, profit and then disappear. That's all yeah, this looks uh, like. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Even though it's interesting that like the the, the the Japanese suicide forest thing, it's um, something that's uh, it, it's a setting for that Gus Van Sant film. I think it played Khan and got terrible reviews with uh, McConaughey and Watanabe in it. I think it was Sea of Trees. <sighs> Oh yes, and uh, it's set there as well. So it's kind of interesting that that's suddenly got two films using that when I like it, it was something that hasn't really seemed to be used much if ever before so yeah yeah I mean that that, that, that tends to get quite a, a bit kind of don't you really um, yeah McConaughey uh, Ken Wasabi yeah and Naomi Watts are in that I think yeah that's right Naomi Watts yeah yeah uh, but yeah no very generic very whatever this this particular film is yeah, um, oh, written by David S. Goer and some other people. Who's it directed by? Is it directed by Goer? No, it's not. It's, no, unfortunately, it's not. Uh, it's directed by Jason Zarda, uh, who I would, I would assume it's probably going to be his first, um, his, his first feature film, maybe. Mm. Uh, yeah, he's a, a surprise, surprise, he directs uh, adverts. <laughs> Shocker. Sorry about the noise, by the way, folks. I got a bit of a cold, so uh, forgive me. Um, any, anything yeah, else? Yeah, he, 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 yeah. Uh, no, that's that's all I've uh, all I've all I've caught uh, this um, this this week. Also, no way. I think that's the new trailer for the new the final uh, Hunger Games movie. Um, and I don't know. I, I, I wasn't a big fan of the last one. You, you were. Um, I think they've steadily got worse as they've gone along. And I, I frankly don't care about this one, but I will watch it. Uh, uh, yeah, well, fair enough. Yeah, we can have a discussion about that sometime. But, um, yeah, um, I will add uh, Burnt, the uh, 
new Bradley oh, Cooper. Oh, I, I have seen this, yeah. Yeah, um, which, I don't know, looks fairly generic. He, he actually, he did um, a TV series called Kitchen Confidential, I believe, which uh, was based on the Anthony Bourdain yeah, yeah. uh, thing, where essentially he played, I mean, he played, I think he played Anthony Bourdain, well, um, yeah, he played Jack Bourdain, uh, who was obviously Anthony Bourdain in it. Um, in that, for the brief amount of time it was on, uh, I watched that. It was actually mildly, um, mildly amusing. Um, but it does seem a little bit like he's very much channeling sort of a similar character in this, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, I, I... I mean, you virtually, if you look at a still from both, it looks virtually the same. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, this is going to be a totally, if the reviews are good, I might check it out type of thing. I, I don't know. It just, white male, angry white male learns to, chill out and maybe love himself and other people around him brilliant uh, what yeah um, I, I'll watch it because I love food so if there's if there's, there's, if there's some decent cooking in it uh, then I will I will I will watch it uh, just to see if there is um, hell I like chef because of a lot of the cooking in it so yeah no that's true I like I mean chef's one of the just the, one of the easiest watching films of recent years frankly that yeah absolutely you could just sit down and just let your eyes glaze over and still enjoy it for a couple of hours that flick <laughs> and not and not miss anything <laughs> no, no not miss anything but have a perfectly decent time watching it exactly know? yeah yeah no yeah. I, I've, I've got time for chef I need to rewatch that actually do you know what? I'm going to go into H&B and do a bit of Blu-ray shopping tomorrow. If that's in like a free for 20 or something, I think I might pick it up. Oh, it will. It will be. Yeah, because uh, Donna like, had some interest in watching it as well. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, cool. Okay, so let's move on. Um, and uh, yeah, we don't do trailers. We say that every week, which is remind ourselves we don't do trailers. Um, <laughs> so, um, uh, so yeah, this is The Martian. It's uh, directed by uh, Matt Damon. Um, screenplay written by uh, Cabin in the Woods director Drew Goddard and Daredevil showrunner for the first series anyway. I don't think he's back for the second, but yep, Drew Goddard. And um, at least I think he was Daredevil showrunner. I don't know. My head's kind of swimming at the moment, so I do apologise. Um, stars Matt Damon, Juwetel um, Ejiofor, uh, Sean Bean, Kristen Wiig, um, uh, uh, Donald Glover, um, Kate Mara, Michael Peña... Um, surprising, given the plot, a surprisingly big cast, and a, 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 a rather fetching blonde lady by the name of Mackenzie Davis, um, who, yes. I, who I don't remember seeing before, um, but she she caught my eye. Let's just say I I I've, I've definitely seen her in something, but I cannot remember what it was. Um, that awkward moment. Oh, okay. oh, she was in What If as well, was she? Yeah. Right, fair enough. Um, yes, anyway. Oh, yeah, well, she hasn't been doing much for long, has she? She uh, she only started it, started up in films in 2012, apparently. So, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, I, I look forward to seeing more of her work, anyway. Moving yes. on. Moving on. <laughs> um, yes, so, uh, The Martian. Uh, Matt Damon is stranded on Mars due to an unfortunate incident which leads his crewmates to... Uh, believe that he's dead um and he isn't dead and he has to learn how to survive on mars and when uh, those back on earth find out that he is alive 
they have to work out what they're going to do, basically. Um, so, yeah, The Martian, we were both looking forward to this. Um, it had been getting some pretty great word out of, like, festival screenings and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, uh, let's do it. What do you think? I, I thought it was great. Yeah, I, I thought it's it's a really... Um, like you were just saying about Chef been a really easy film to watch. This was, I, I thought, was a really easy film to watch for, for entirely different reasons. Um, it's plus two hours long. It's two and a bit hours long. Um, about two and tw- I think two hours twenty or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it flows by really, really well. Um, and the the few kind of problems that I have with it were not really thematical problems. They were individual snapshot problems. Um, that I had with it but um, in terms of the way that it deals with uh, conveying the amount of time that you have to spend with Matt Damon essentially on his own and highlighting the fact that he is that he is on his own and there's that um, isolation uh, that he's got to cope with whilst also showing you what's going on um, back home behind the scenes uh, whilst also showing you what's going on at space um or spaceship, as well, uh, SAS station. Uh, you've got all of those things going on, and it, it's all weaved very well together. Um, I mean, I know we said recently about, um, or I said, uh, and I think you agree with me, actually, uh, The Counselor, about their really Scott's recent film, The Counselor, uh, which wasn't his most recent film, but that film was also quite long, but that felt like about halfway through, uh, Scott got bored and just, just kind of fucking just went, yeah, whatever. And just let him finish it, uh, and then just didn't give a shit about what went out. I'm gonna, re- uh, I'm gonna rewatch that. Because... I'm gonna rewatch the counselor because I want to rewatch it. Yeah, I mean, like, see, yeah, see yeah. if I just caught it on a, on a bad day. Yeah, I mean, Guillermo del Toro came out on Twitter and like had some really, really like positive things to say about that just randomly um, this week, and it's just like, yeah, I okay, Lampy fine, the extended I will do it again. A, a watch because. A few people I know that watched the regular cut have said that they didn't like it, but a few people I know that watched the extended cut have had quite different things to say, and I don't know what I don't know how much different it is. So I, I'm going to rewatch it. But yeah, The Martian, uh, it, it's really well put together. It looks great. Um, like you say, there's a there's a really uh, it was something that, that, that you actually mentioned uh, in a little sort of snippet of a, a kind of a summarization of your thoughts by on I think it was on Facebook actually um, where you said that it, it was a surprising ensemble cast and it was because this film has been billed as The Martian and it's all been about Matt Damon and Matt Damon's the only kind of standout name on the, on the poster and everything but the supporting cast actually have a lot to do within this uh, they're in it a, a fair amount some of them um, and it's I, I had a I had a great time with it. The the science bits are the kind of the highlight of it, and it, it seems to have a verve and a swagger that's that's kind of been missing a little bit from Scott's work recently. Yeah, yeah, swagger is a good way of putting it. Actually, I, I yeah, I mean, I really, really, really liked The Martian. Um, I I do have some uh, some issues with it, uh, but um, overall. It is Ridley Scott having fun and and and, and just yeah. being kind of oddly relaxed, which I think is to the film's slight detriment. Um, it, I, I mean, I've got to say, I never, I never ever felt like he was in any real danger 
Um, no, the, the 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 film. If he doesn't get home, the, I mean, I, I've never read the book. I knew nothing about the book. Uh, um, everybody in the world seems to have read the book, but I've only found out about that in the past few weeks. Mm. Um, so I knew nothing about the story. But the book slash the film wouldn't make sense if he didn't get home. Yeah, 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 no, quite. And I, I, so that's not, that's the other, that's a spoiler. It, it's not fucking really. It, no, I mean, this is, it's not about the destination, it's the journey, this one. Exactly, know? yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I never, ever, ever felt like he was actually in danger. And I thought the mood was, it was very, very upbeat which I thought was quite an interesting decision. It's obviously the book must be as well. I haven't read it either. Um, but I maybe would have liked a bit more peril, to be honest. I mean, there's only one moment where, like, Damon's character really kind of breaks down. And even that is just like something happens and he just, like, slams his fist into a steering wheel a few times. Yeah. And, I mean, that's that's not a knock against Damon. He's great in this. And you know, the whole kind of like using humour as like a protective blanket kind of thing almost is is interesting. But it almost felt like the film was doing that as well, um, even though the, the the film is basically about human endeavour and when people put their heads together, they can do amazing things. You know, so it feels kind of harsh to knock it for that, but it. I, yeah, like I say, for, considering the plot of the film, it was weird how I never really got the sense that he was in that much trouble. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can exactly see what you're saying. I, 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 I absolutely agree. It does have that kind of that kind of feel and that kind of flow to it. Um, maybe I think the only thing I could say there is, is maybe um, Scott and um, Drew Goddard I mean, have looked at that and said, well, we don't want to go to dramatic because then we we slip into the melodrama uh of it all and it could end up feeling a little bit too manipulative uh, i mean yeah if, uh-huh. if it went... so they want it to be a little bit more sorry go on yeah go on sorry no no, no, no go, went... go ahead go ahead sorry i was kind of crying no, i wasn't gonna say oh right um, i was waiting for you to say oh, yes. okay sorry uh yeah i mean i suppose if it had gone a bit more in the direction of interstellar it could have gone a bit mm. wrong because i think what interstellar does is appropriate for interstellar but that more serious low-key somewhat dour approach wouldn't have worked for this so exactly they're, they're very much two two separate films that happen to have very similar <laughs> stories but are in no way um thematically similar to each other at all um in terms of the way they tell that very diff- quite different stories that happen to be set in, in in vaguely the same space, I suppose. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's just the the whole thing is very, very entertaining, and you just have a massive smile on your face for most of it, and that's yeah, it, which is amazing, really, considering. But you you do, yeah, because it made. I mean, the fact is, you know. Uh, it's great how Scott and Damon uh, and and uh, make when he's uh, when he's trying to essentially make rain and condensation, uh, and he he accidentally blows himself up. That's a that is a laugh out loud moment, or it was for me anyway. And I I I personally, even though nobody else in my screening, but there was only it was a big screen, and I went 
very early in the morning, so there wasn't a lot of people there. Um, I laughed out loud, and I I think I was supposed to. (laughs) No, you were. People laughed in my screening. Um, Um, It was funny, and there was a few moments where stuff like that happened um, that was that was funny uh, within the movie. Um, What 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 rating was this? Twelve A. It's a twelve A. There's a surprising amount of swearing in for a twelve A. Yeah, they. I mean, they get around some of the swearing, but I mean, definitely the the fuck you Mars, which was pretty great. I counted two actual F-bombs said out loud uh, and three or four of the word mouthed, uh, the, uh, the F-word mouth, yeah. uh, and, and then it, 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 in its written form a few times as well. I've, I've got a feeling in like whatever last review the BBFC had, I think they must have taken an active decision that language is three not F-bombs. something they're as bothered about anymore. I think it previously it used to be allowed one use of the word fuck in a 12A. Yeah, now you're allowed three useful, three uses of the word fuck in a 12A. And it couldn't be that, that the sexual. use of fuck, yeah, it couldn't be sexual, yeah. It had to be like yeah, basically directed at someone. Yeah, it, it still, it still can't be sexual. So you couldn't say, I'm gonna fuck you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So you could say, I'm gonna fuck you up, but you couldn't say, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna fuck, fuck your you ass. Sexual. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, quite. I, mean, it, 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 I think it must be getting more lenient because that's something that I've noticed happening in other films of late, where yeah. there's actually I mean, you know, there's like two f bombs. Yeah, language isn't something I've 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 that much of an issue with, to be honest. In terms of the kids, um, I you know if there was four or five and a twelve in as well as watching it, I, I I to be honest wouldn't care. But some people are irresponsible and take like a five six year old kid to go and see a twelve a. And that's different. Well, you know, it's it's the whole BBFC say, look, we think these films are for 12s or up, but we're not going to tell you how to do your parenting, and if you think that your kid can cope with it, then go ahead, but it's on you, you know. So, yeah, yeah. I, that, that's the thing. I mean, oh, that's, 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 that's absolutely not a dig at the BBFC. I think oh, no, 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 I know, I know it wasn't. I know it wasn't. It, it just, like, uh, yeah, and, I, I mean... The thing is, I mean, this is a film that I think could be enjoyed by a family. You know, that's that's that that's. Oh, it. absolutely, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's and it's it, it, it's it, 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 it's great in 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 the way that it deals with the science element of it as well. It, it, it's fascinating at points. And just how the, the kind of the, all the agencies kind of come together. I mean, I think the stuff towards the end where people are watching on big screens in Trafalgar Square and in, in, in Times Square is a bit much, but. You know, the, the idea of, like, the Chinese... Just when it cuts to the Chinese space agency, it's like, what are we doing here, then? And, and and then it's just these people saying, like, well, you know, we could actually go... We could actually go and help them. You know, and they're like, yeah. you know, it's going to basically is, fuck up our mission, because... but why not? Let's get this person back, you know? I mean, it's... It is. It's, it, it, it's, it, it, instead of going what the usual routes that most kind of films look at, where it's every country for themselves yeah. and, and that, it, it kind of goes... It's kind of China going... Yeah, yeah. It shows China not as being this evil fucking communist state. Uh, it, instead, it, it, it's them saying, look... Yeah. We can either use this technology and no one will ever know, or we can we can use it to kind of, you know, yeah, we'll look great, but also we'll get a guy, we'll get this guy home. Yeah. It'll be, it we we could also it, it it became a thing where it wasn't about just saving a, a human life. It was about saving what would be 
something a fascinating human life. Not saying that it makes him more important, but it was like, hang on a minute, if this guy has survived there, imagine what we can learn and imagine the the hope that it brings to people. You know, it's a thing that literally the entire world can get behind. And if this were a real situation, if you weren't behind getting this man home, then you are a terrible cunt. Yeah. Yeah. So it, 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 it's that thing. Um, what was it, just out of curiosity, just to see if because I had a couple of kind of issues uh, with with the film, uh, but they're real minor ones. I just want to see if if they if they're ones that you shared that you shared. Which were your issues with it? Well, I mean, I, I I kind of think I've said my 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 issues really. I mean, I the the lack of threats, I I yeah. thought was a bit of a problem. Um, even though I, I, you know, I mean, they chucked plenty of problems at him, but I just never ever thought, right, he's he's actually going to be in trouble here. Um, yeah, yeah, and I, I suppose the the lightness that I didn't help that. I mean, that's my that's my main thing. Also, I will say actually, there was a bit of um, a kind of just convenient like storytelling. Maybe the editing's at fault here, but the way that like he says. You know, so I've got enough blah 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 as long as nothing goes wrong. The very very yes. next scene, something goes wrong. You know, something goes wrong. It, it, like I yeah. thought that was pretty poor. But there's also um, when Juratel Ejiofor that, that wasn't fantastic. I mean, when Juratel Ejiofor fucks off to the uh, jet propulsion laboratory, and yeah. he like uncovers that thing, and at the exact same moment in the film. Matt Damon is already also uncovering the thing, and then they switch it on at Earth, and then he switches it on up there, and then and then they get the message, and then replies, and it all felt like right, okay, maybe the film's not actually saying this is all taking place exactly at the same time, but the editing but is. Yeah, it felt a little bit like that. I mean, one of my kind of minor issues, which again is not about the plot or anything like that, but it's about the way Scott shot a few bits of it. Is there's a bit where where he's talking to people, and we get essentially a montage bit of him talking to um, you know via the uh, the Pathfinder probe there, um, and for some reason Scott decides to speed it up. So we get a montage that's happening really quick of them fiddling around with all these bits. And it did look a little bit like I was watching an, like an advert for like Lincoln University or something like that. And that made me kind of chuckle in a, oh, oh this he, looks a bit crap. He does that with the potato growing earlier on as well, doesn't he? Yeah, but it, did, it didn't feel as bad with the potato growing because it was more snapshots and it was bits like that and it, it felt okay. But this was people fiddling around with machinery and, and typing really quickly and things like that. And it, it just it felt a little bit amusing. Um, also as well, the body doubling to make him look thin was just... It, 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 I didn't need it, and it, 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 you know, I can see why they did it, but I didn't for a second believe that that was Matt Damon looking really thin. <laughs> so just don't do it for that reason. And also, um, didn't need um, Kate Mara and Sebastian Stan to get together. Yeah, I mean, it was... maybe that happens. Maybe that happens in the in the book and there's more of it in the book but if you're not going to develop that at all and Kate Mara's character and being Kate Mara in her general Kate Mara-ness comes across as a little bit kind of 
cold, you can't then throw a fucking kiss and a baby at her. I don't know. I mean, like, that's such a small part. It is, it is, and it, 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 it's real nitpicky, um, and it, it doesn't, it doesn't take anything off it, but I just felt a little bit like, what's the point? It does nothing for the story at all. It just felt a little bit like, why? Why is that there? I, 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 I don't know. I just thought it was a little bit of, it's the only bit of character those two get. You know, I mean, I mean, really, I mean, the, the bold guy, at least he had, um, at least he had a family, and like Michael Pena did as well, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't know, I mean, I just think it was like, because otherwise those two would be absolutely 100% anonymous. Yeah, I'd have been happier with that. Yeah. But like I say, it, it, it is a real, real minor nitpick. To give an example... Kristen Wiig's weird hairdo bothered me more than that, and that that was just because what's going on there? What's what's going on there? Why does it look like she's combed the back of her hair forward? It's strange. She looks a little bit like the girl from that. I think it's like a, a loans company's advert that rests loads of things on top of her head because she's level-headed. Uh, she looked a little bit like that weird haircut, nice. and it was quite strange seeing Kirsten Wig in a a straight role, even though she is a good actress. Yeah, I mean, I will say actually, having like basically the head of PR in the mission control room all the time was a bit. Yeah, uh-huh, really. I, I mean, I get why they're doing that because you've got to have a layman there for people to explain things to. But and also uh, uh, as well in in the control room, they do go yay and start, start clapping an awful lot very early. And I, I, I know very little about NASA. Uh, I don't know whether that, I, I'm guessing that is a thing that actually just happened. The, yeah, if I work you, there, are you it, talking it, it about get... when that probe goes up and then blows up like ten seconds after they start cheering? Yeah, because yeah, there's yeah, yeah. one guy there going, wait a minute, wait a minute, yeah. wait, before everyone starts, everyone starts, oh, it's it, 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 blown up. I mean, and then, it may you as know, well be saying, like, the phalange's missing as well, you know, uh, by that. Yeah. There is no phalange. It's, yeah, it, 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 it that was a little bit oh, true, no, but they did it in China as well, so I'm guessing it's... <laughs> he did, didn't he? <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to put more friends references in. Oh, man, I am fucking loving my friends rewatch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, no, I mean I mean if yeah, if Kristen Wiig's haircut and the fact that Kate Mara has a baby in it is are you you like your two big complaints that I'd say probably success overall really. Exactly, yeah. Uh, it looks I mean the weird thing is, did you watch it in 2D or 3D? I watched it I watched it in fucking 3D because I missed my I watched 2D in, show until I had I watched it in in, in 3D because I had to because um, there was no other showings that, that kind of married up in time that I'd be able to watch the football and do the podcast uh, and watch the film. Utterly fucking pointless. It completely, wasn't it? Uh, like, I mean, this re- is retardedly pointless. Why was this film ever ever? You know, the thing is with 3D, it, as a gimmick, it can work sometimes. Mostly with kids' films or schlocky horror, it can work sometimes. As a pure gimmick. I would prefer it not to be there, but I can see it to be there sometimes. The Martian can stand up on its own. It doesn't need that gimmick. And the 3D, I've seen it in 3D, adds nothing to it at all. Period. 
you know, three D is is on the wane again. It will not. I don't think it'll go completely. I think there'll be the odd few a year, but luckily it, it does seem like the, the studios have kind of gone. Oh, we have to accept the fact that it, it, it isn't going to go where we want it to go again. Uh, so this current wave of three D is kind of. He's kind of on the way, so I'm glad about that. But this just didn't need it. Yeah, no, I mean it's you know it's just I mean it's completely studio mandated thing. But uh, it, it, I mean, yeah, it, it did absolutely nothing for me in 3D. I mean, the only film I've got any interest in seeing in 3D lately is The Walk, and I probably won't even get to that because there's so much coming out in October that I want to see. Yeah, I. I... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very accepting the fact that I'm, I'm not going to get. Um... Holy shit! What? I never noticed that Sebastian Stan is is Bucky Barnes in Captain America. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hang on a minute! I've never made that connection that the douchebag from Hot Tub Time Machine is Bucky Barnes. <laughs> wow! All right, that, that, that's just that, that's a little bit blown my mind. Nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. The, I think the walk is going to be our casualty for this month. I think, isn't it? It just, it's. I'm not. Yeah, because I, I, I think I'm going to possibly go to see Macbeth tomorrow night. Yeah, so I'm seeing Macbeth on Tuesday. Yeah, and the, um, and then I've got an insanely busy week, uh, and then I'm away from Friday for four days. Yeah, I mean. I'm... I'm having a look. I mean, like, so we've got Sicario next week, and then which I am watching Friday morning before I go away. Nice. And then, uh, and then uh, Crimson Peak, and then what's out the next week? Uh, you see, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I think I might actually go and see the Paranormal Activity film because <laughs> it would be a few weeks into the walk even being out, and. I don't know, it's the last paranormal activity, I kind of just want to see how that plays out. And then Spectre the week after, you know, so it's like, it's just, there's there's too much out. Yeah, it is, which is good. You know, yeah, I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll happily wait for the walk to hit, to hit Blu-ray, to be honest. Which, considering people are basically saying, yeah, the last half an hour is amazing, the rest of it, not so much, it's, yeah, I'm kind mm. of okay with that. But anyway, yeah, um, yeah uh, The Martian, so I, I think maybe we're kind of done on The Martian. Yes. Okay, so... Uh, it's definitely not shit. Yeah, yeah, for sure, definitely not shit. Very, very uh, much definitely not shit. Last point on it, 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 it from me, anyway. Uh, Matt Damon is fantastic. It, it's a great bit of casting, um, yep. because it, it, he's... He's a really charismatic and entertaining and, and, and sort of... He's a character, certainly an actor that you can definitely kind of get behind, uh, um, in terms of you kind of... You want him to survive, and he's got that affability to him. Uh, to his performance that it's a really it's a really good performance in it um, it's an infectious performance for sure absolutely um, yeah no I mean it is it's just he's super super likeable he's doing his Matt Damon thing and he's working it well um, I gotta say I like the fact that they didn't give him a wife and kid back at home you know it, mm. it was just like it would have been too much and I'm, I'm I'm glad just his life and his personality was enough to sustain it yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, cool. Okay, so uh, let's do some what we watched. And uh, Mark, do you want to kick us off? Uh, I, I will kick us off. Yeah, I'm, I um, 
I rewatched uh, 1993's Malice uh, the other day, uh, directed by Harold Becker, uh, written by um, Aaron Sorkin, actually. Is there uh, a Baldwin in this? There is. There's an Alec in it, yeah, uh, okay. an Alec variety of the of the Baldwinians, um, and uh, it's also got Nicole Kidman and, and Bill Pullman in there as well. Um, also, you know, there's a few um, sort of good character yeah. actors turn up. Tobin Bell's in there. George C. Scott turns up. Gwyneth Paltrow actually uh, turns up as well, uh, as does B.B. Uh, Newith. Uh, and Anne Bancroft does what Anne Bancroft does uh, and turns up for five minutes and steals the entire fucking movie. Um, but yeah, film is... Uh, Bill Pullman plays a uh, associate dean at a college. Um, he's uh, married to Nicole Kidman, uh, who I'm uh, not really sure what she does for a job, but she seems to volunteer in the pediatric ward at a hospital. Um, Bill Pullman's going to... Uh, he's actually at the hospital because one of his students um, has been attacked by a serial killer. Um, so he's there to, to speak to her to see if he can help with the investigation to find out how she was attacked. Um, whilst also at the same time, he's giving BB New with uh, shit about the fact that she's not doing anything about all these killings on campus. Uh, he runs into uh, Alec Baldwin, who is this hotshot surgeon. Um, and it turns out they went to the same uh, high school together. Um, Bill Pullman recognises Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin doesn't recognise Bill Pullman because it's very obvious they ran in different circles. Um, and then it, things sort of move from, from there. Uh, I'm going to spoil it because it's a fucking 22-year-old movie. Um, what kind of happens is uh, Nicole Kidman's character uh, is having like these abdominal pains constantly Um her and Bill Pullman are trying to conceive but are not having a lot of luck um, Nicole Kidman doesn't like the fact that Bill Pullman's Pullman character has um, sort of told Alec Baldwin about these problems because she doesn't like Alec Baldwin's character because he's this suave, thinks he's God there's a great scene um, where uh, he expressed a doctor actually uh, no, so a, a lawyer is asking him to explain um, the God complex um, to him, um, and he goes off in this 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 great sort of um, monologue about how the fact that he essentially he doesn't feel like he, he has a god complex because he is in fact God, um, which is is fantastic. Uh, I think that George C. Scott trying to kind of play the whole thing down. So it's it's one of those kind of mystery thrillers where everyone seems to be not who they seem. So Nicole Kidman has these really bad pains in her stomach and collapses and he's rushed into hospital and Alec Baldwin turns up there and does the operation and then sort of sees that there's there's some kind of problem with um, her ovaries. So goes out, asks Bill Pullman and says, look, I, we, aren't, we haven't got time um, to get the expert in to do all the proper checks, but these are your two choices. One, I sew her up and she she might die. Uh, at some point or two I remove them and she will live a healthy rest of her life but she won't be able to have children Bill Pullman does the you know what any sort of sane kind of husband would do and he essentially says right choice between her dying or living but we might have to adopt yeah do it turns out the, the ovary there was nothing wrong with it it was perfectly healthy um, and so Nicole Kidman 
leaves Bill Pullman and sues Alec Baldwin. But then things start to not be exactly as they seem. And it seems like Nicole Kidman's character wasn't exactly who she said she was. Uh, and you get a great scene with a, a drunk Anne Bancroft, uh, who, uh, turns out to be her mother that, uh, the mother of Nicole Kidman's character that Bill Pullman thought was, was told, was dead and thought was dead, uh, who, to get the information out of her, uh, he's told, take a bottle of whiskey. Um, so he takes a bottle of single malt scotch and she basically just gets drunk and tells him everything whilst also doing an amazing card trick. So you've got Anne Bancroft playing shit-faced, sat across from Bill Pullman as Anne Bancroft is doing this really elaborate card trick and she's constantly playing with the cards, uh, like folding them over to like to um, to shuffle them and all this. Like, and you're just watching it going... That Ang Bancroft literally just spent an entire day just fucking learning how to do that for this one really little scene. Um, <laughs> and it honestly, it is, it, Malice is, is a, is a perfectly entertaining mid-90s movie. Um, well, early 90s movie. In the sense that everything that happens you see coming a fucking mile off, but it doesn't matter because it's fun while it's happening. Baldwin is brilliantly Baldwin it. Nicole Kidman, let me, me and Becky halfway through it had a conversation where we had to stop and go, Carl Kidman ever been anything where she wasn't a bitch? And we went through it and went, no, she hasn't. She, she literally is a bitch in every film she's ever been in. Which leads you to the fact that, that Nicole Kidman probably is a bit of a bitch. And she plays that very well. That's not a criticism. Bill Pullman always plays confused. Um, so it, it's a lot of fun kind of going along on this ride, even though you know exactly what's happening. It's over the top. There's a wonderful, wonderful shot of a cliffside and a house and thunder and lightning that is brilliant. It is so fucking Hitchcock. It is untrue. Um, so there's, there's, there's that that happens. And it's, it's one of those, it's a great midweek if it's on Netflix watch. Uh, I'm not sure if it's on a Netflix. I didn't watch it on Netflix. I watched it on uh, DVD. Um, but yeah, it's one of those. It will probably be on one of the Netflixes. So it, 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 if you've got a loss of what to do on like a fucking Wednesday or Tuesday night and you want to just sit and have a film that you can just have just wash over you, you can drink it all in, Malice is, is a fucking great one. But I, I will guarantee you, at the end of it, you'll agree with me on the fact that Anne Bancroft comes in and just fucking steals it. Oh, and B.B. Neweth, uh trying to do a Boston accent is magnificent. Oh, I'm gonna watch the shit out of that. That sounds alright. Oh, it, 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 it is a lot of it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's like an hour and forty odd minutes long. Um, you'll have a good time with it, I'm sure. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, no, I'll check that out. Uh, if it's on Netflix or Amazon, I'll fucking pop on that. It'll be on something. Yeah. Um, do you want me to do a couple more? Then you can do some. Uh, yeah, can do. Yeah, cool. All oh, right, I, I watched Wild Card last night. Um, Have you not seen um, it yet? I've not seen oh, it yet. No. Okay. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was it was great. It's 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 a it's a lot of it's fun. Good fun, isn't it? Yeah. But it's a really a really totally strange movie because it's almost like a, like a crime film that isn't a crime film. An action film that isn't an action film, and a noir film that isn't a noir film, and a gambling film that isn't a gambling and film. It's, it's also it's really episodic for like the first half, 
it feels like it's a bunch of like short films with the same character, but then it kind of actually focuses in on something. So like in the second half, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah sorry, it but. is because where, where it goes yeah, after yeah. about half an hour should be where it goes after about an hour, sure. and it, it just if you watch a trailer for it and you see everything happen in the trailer, you go, huh, all right. But then when you watch the movie, you go, oh, this has got here really quickly. Uh, and then it, it goes somewhere else. And you go, oh, wait. So that's not, not even the story. And the, the action bits are a little bit like they've gone, well, we have got Jason Statham here, so we might as well have him kicking ass and taking names a few times. It's a great action set piece um, where he, he loses shit in the, um, in the casino. Yes. And beats the hell out of everybody coming at him. It, it's a wonderful, essentially made to look like one shot um, running through. Um, it, it looks great. Uh, Statham, I think Statham's great in it. You know, he's playing what what he does uh, really, really well. Sure. Um, it is it is insane uh, the fact that this is written by uh, <laughs> William Goldman. Um, but it is, it's a really, uh, well, it's based, it's based on, on, on his novel, and I think, I think what he did actually write the screenplay, yeah, actually. I think he did, it took yeah. it wrong. Yeah, um, the screenplay is great. There's, you know, there's some great lines in it. Um, it's a great story. It, it's, I was just, I was surprised at how, how enjoyable it, it actually is. For sure. Yeah, uh, I'll, and then uh, I'll, I'll let you do a couple, because I've got a couple more, but I'll let you do a couple in between. Yeah, okay, um, so I did a double bill of early 90s actioners I'd never seen. Oh, brilliant. So, uh, yeah, both on Netflix as well, actually. Uh, so I watched uh, John Woo's Hard Target, um, <laughs> which... Uh, John Woo really liked his slow motion for no reason He really whatsoever. did. Like, even if it's just a guy walking across a corridor, he seems to put it in slow motion. <laughs> this movie is... I would say this movie is almost 60% in slow yeah, motion. it's fucking ridiculous. I know Chinstroker vs. Planet did an episode back in the day on it. They did, uh, they did, yeah. And there was there was a great bit where they... I think I'm sure they had a conversation where Mike was, was basically going about the fact that that he wishes, like, that at some point in the movie, somebody had have, had have gone... Man, that guy's a really That's, hard yeah, target. Totally. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. remember that. I just, just absolutely just wetting myself at, at the at the thought of that is the sort of thing you'd get out of this movie. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, yeah, you're kind of surprised it doesn't happen. I mean, it's um, yeah. I mean, the one thing I really like uh, when Lance Henriksen dies, um, he has he has the grenade and he just goes like, oh. And <laughs> it just blows yeah. up. It's fucking incredible. I mean, but, so, bit of a spoiler there, but you know, hey. Uh, so yeah, hard target. It's like, it's like, it's almost like surviving the game meets... Do you know what? I, do you know what? Right? And I'm not joking. I have just opened the Wikipedia page for surviving the game because the reason being is I remember watching both of these on the same night oh, when I wow. rented them. Yeah, I rented them both. Same night, and I, I didn't, I had no idea about what surviving the game was about. All I knew was the fact that it, it had a cool looking cover, and Hard Target was a Van Damme movie, and I loved Van Damme movies as a kid. So I remember renting both of these the same night and watching them on the same night, and then realizing they were really fucking similar. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, 
No, I, I mean, it, it, it's... It's a lot of fun. I, I mean, it, it's, yeah. it's very, very watchable. I mean, you got Lance Henriksen, like, just being a dickhead. And then Arnold Vosloo as, as his henchman, who just really, really likes killing people. I enjoyed the joy that he had in just killing people. Uh, yeah. it, I mean, it, it, fantastic. Um, and, I mean, Van Damme, solid. Yeah, I mean, I... I, I I asked you this on WhatsApp actually. It kind of it looks like there's an awful lot of cutting away, stuntman performing something and then cutting back and then Van Damme kind of like just ends the thing and looks sweaty. That, that I swear there's quite a lot of that in this film. But... There is, yeah. Uh, but they actually, I think I think I'm right in saying they actually uh, John Woo upped the amount of action um, that was in the movie. Um, just because um, him and Van Damme would sit and chat and he'd go, well, what would be really cool is if, if we could have done this. And Van Damme was like, I'll do that. I can do oh, that. And he's like, oh, brilliant, you know, yeah, let's let's, let's, let's let's do that. And, you know, that th- they literally were just trying stuff to, to, to sort of see if they could, they could kind of get away with it, really. Okay, well, no, fair enough then. I mean, it's, I don't know, I mean, it's good. I mean, like, the, the, the first half of it, there's not a lot of action, but then it really ramps up and, you know, just when the film's kind of, like, meandering a little bit in, like, the last 35, 40 minutes or so, bring in Wilfred Brimley as an old Cajun guy who's doing an accent <laughs> for some yeah. fucking reason. And uh, Just the image of Wilfred Brimley riding away on a horse with a shotgun, just, like, pumping a shotgun in the air, uh, is victory <laughs> to me. Uh, it's just, it's a lot of fun. It's a very silly plot about Lance Henriksen basically going to places where life is cheap and organising game hunts where the game, the, the prey is homeless men. Uh, it's just, it's fucking ridiculous. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, the action is fun. Um, it's, it's nicely crunchy in the action and it's like 94 minutes long. I mean, it's really spot on paced. Uh, so. Yeah, it gets in and gets shit Yeah, done. pretty much, man. Uh, and then, my second one, uh, Under Siege. I'd, oh, I'd never seen I, Under I, Siege. You, you'd never seen Under you, you, so you'd, you'd never experienced the wonder of Tommy Lee Jones as a bad guy. No, I mean, right, this is the thing that I love most about Under Siege. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones is dressed as just like a 70s rocker for the entire film. That is... In- what about Gary Busey? Oh, no, no, I mean, Gary Busey is great. Don't, do not get yep. me wrong. But, like, Tommy Lee Jones, the way that he's really in character until his plan starts, like, there, there's, a, there's a scene early on where, um, like, basically he's dressed up as a rocker and, like, his men are the band, essentially, and, and they're going to perform at a surprise party for this naval commander. And they, they, they kind of come in, and he's just doing this, like, train motion while he's he's uh, <laughs> kind of navigating his way around the ship and, like, saying hey to the crew. And he's just going, chugga, 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 and then stopping and then chatting to someone going, hey, and then chugga, 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 chugga. It's, it's really weird how into it he gets. And you've got Tommy yeah. Jones, like, harmonica playing and just fucking loving it. And it almost feels like he was more into that stuff than he was into the bad guy stuff. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, he's insanely enjoyable. I, I mean, 
Steven Seagal, I, I, I mean, there's a bit where he basically has a, a dance battle with a black cook to you got the um, uh, you got the power. Is that you got the power? Yeah. Uh, which I thought I'd never ever see, ever, uh, and I, it was a joy. <laughs> um, I, even though, I mean, I will say um, it kind of feels like maybe there was some stuff cut out because. Like, when Tommy Lee Jones and Steven Seagal eventually get face-to-face towards the end of the film, there's, like, a revelation that Tommy Lee Jones and Steven Seagal actually know who they are, who each other are. And Mm. that... And, like, it's basically Steven Seagal got demoted so that he could only ever be a yeoman or a chef because he punched out his commander. And I, I think it's basically the inference is his commander was Tommy Lee Jones. But Tommy Lee Jones doesn't... Even though they mention... Steven Seagal's character by name quite a lot to Tommy Lee Jones. He never actually seems to react to the fact that it's this guy. It's just like, we should have hired this guy. You know, who is this guy? I can't believe he didn't check him out. Uh, at the end, he's like, remember me? And, and it, it was just, it was a moment that I just, it, it really took me out at the end of the film, weirdly. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's Die Hard on a boat, uh, but that's fine. Yeah. Um, I like the fact that Steven Seagal isn't on his own for the entire thing. I mean, yeah, he's got Erica Elaniac, but he's also got, like, some crewmates who come into it and help him out as well. So, I, you know, I enjoyed that. Um, and I've got to say, I'm planning on watching Under Siege 2 this week. Not a dark tone. Yeah, which Catherine Heigl is his daughter, isn't it? Uh, I, do, I don't think it's his daughter. I think it, it, I don't think it's his daughter. I think it might be, like... <laughs> Niece I think maybe his niece or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, I think it, I think it might be. It's yeah, basically under siege um, on a train, isn't it? I, I, is that it? It, it basically is under siege on a train. Okay. Yes, um, <laughs> that's it. But if you enjoyed under siege, you'll pretty much enjoy under siege too. Yeah, nice, nice. It's nice. basically the same. No, that, that'll be good. Um, I hope for, oh, I also liked the the hand to hand combat. How he like him and I think it was Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, it was Tommy Lee Jones. Are basically doing that kind of like swooshing their hands in the air at each other kind of thing. Like who's going to strike first? You know, kind of like side <laughs> each other out. I mean, it's uh, insanely cheesy but uh, very entertaining. I mean, Andrew Davis he's he's a very competent action director and he. He knows yeah. he knows what he's doing with the action, but you couple that with this like the weird, just weird idiosyncratic stuff, like Tommy Lee Jones dressed like a rocker and Gary Busey just being Gary Busey for the entire thing. Um, yeah, he very much is just Gary Busey, really, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, I mean, like just the fact that like he's talking to Tommy Lee Jones, and he's basically his motivation for this whole thing is that he he read some files and they said he needed a psych evaluation. It's like me, can you believe? That they think I need a psych evaluation, and Tommy Lee Jones is like, "No, you're obviously completely sane, or something like that." It's just, <laughs> it's, uh, it's great. I mean, it's it's you know, it, Steven Seagal is a fairly humorless presence, but everything around him is actually quite funny. Um, so it, it yeah. kind of it just lifts it up a bit. I, yeah, no, I had a really good time with it as well, actually. So uh, there you go. Um, I've got two others to talk about, but I'll hand over to you. Right, I'll, I'll, I've got a couple, so I'll put one briefly and one mildly more in depth. Uh, rewatched uh, Jurassic World uh, the other day, um, and thoroughly enjoyed it on a rewatch. Uh, it's a ridiculously entertaining movie. Um, it does lag a little bit in the middle on a rewatch, I'll be honest, uh, but via the very nature of the film, I think it's always going 
to happen. Um, you know, I still really enjoyed it, still got a lot out of it, but it does tend to lag a little bit in the middle. And a lot is happening where I thought, I'm sure I thought I remember this happening a lot further on, which I think kind of linked in into that. Uh, but still really entertaining. Um, sort of uh, to, to watch on the small screen. So um, those of you who are looking forward to rewatch of that, um, it, it, it absolutely still holds up. Uh, it's still I still have no idea where they're going to go with the sequel, but I I'm still happy to just watch uh, the continuing um, adventures of uh, Chris Pratt and Brad. Stylus Howard um, over another film, to be honest. So, yeah. Uh, and the other final one that I watched uh, this week was um, I rewatched American Psycho, um, oh, nice. which is a film that um, it, American Psycho is one of my favourite books of all time. Um, and I, I have been one of the very few people out there who I, I don't love the film American Psycho. I think it's perfectly okay as a film that has some some quite good bits in it but i'm usually i'm usually the other side um of, of sort of films based on books for instance like the martian for instance i i don't read a lot of uh fiction uh, i tend to read a lot of sort of but, you know, I don't read as much as, any, as I should do. I wish I read more, but I, you know, not going to be alive so I didn't have time because obviously I watch a lot of films and things like that. So I do have time, but I just, my medium lies elsewhere. Um, but when I do read, it, it tends to be um, sort of biographies and autobiographies or stuff about things uh, rather than, than fiction. But I do adore American Psycho. Um, so I'm looking at this very much from, you know, as an adaptation uh, of, of the book. Uh, and it's they've changed. There's so much changed in it um, that it, it 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 feels like a very big missed opportunity. I know Brett Easton Ellis has uh, I've, I've sort of seen interviews, read interviews with him talk about it, where he's kind of said the film's okay. I don't dislike the film, and I'm the same. I, I don't dislike the film, but I just I can't see the point, and I'm exactly there with it. Is I can't see the point in taking a book that is like American Psychos and that is the type of book that it is and then changing as much as they change so that it, it just it doesn't feel like the book it feels like someone's like someone who's, who's kind of skimmed through the book hasn't actually read it it's just kind of skimmed through and kind of goes oh, I know the story I can I can recount it. And it, it, it's a little bit like that, because there's some characters are actually two characters, there's some characters' names are changed for no reason, etc., etc. And then when you actually watch it, and read the book, you kind of go, there's a lot of nitpicking of going, it, 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 it feels quite uh, episodic. You mentioned, um, that's what we talked about earlier, um, it, um, Wildcat. Um, it feels a little bit episodic within this, uh, and it's very much... This scene, stop. This scene, stop. This scene, stop. This scene, stop. And it's it's just a, it's a strange one because it's a fantastic performance from uh, Christian Bale who absolutely gets into the you know it is a you know it's become a very kind of go to and iconic performance as, as Patrick Bateman and he's brilliant and you do get the idea that he is very Patrick Batemany and the the comedy element comes across really well and the the ridiculousness of excess comes across really well um, but it doesn't have any of the 
the punchiness or the outright nastiness or psychotic psychosis of of the book and that kind of that kind of disappoints me because in the in the film it it, it very much wants to paint him as this slightly neurotic um like loser almost that happens to just be in this circumstance by by sheer luck and he just wanders through life and everyone thinks that he's a little bit of a joke that he's not in on you don't really get that as much in the the book as you do uh, within the film and it, it's it's strange because i actually saw an interview with mary harron in it and she she this was years ago uh she didn't like the book um and doesn't like violence in 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 films so it just seems very strange that she's coming at that she wanted to direct this make this movie it's a, it's a weird angle to come at it with it kind of feels like the so, kind of contradictory thing that brett easton and alice would probably get on board with though like have a like a, a person who doesn't like violence make american yeah. psycho well i mean his thing was brett easton's thing was um when they said you know we're gonna make a movie about american psycho he his thing was why yeah why i don't think i, I don't think it'll work do whatever the fuck you want as long as you give me the money, do whatever you want. But I don't think it'll work. And his feeling is, look, I watched the film. It was all right. You know, I don't think it worked, but I enjoyed it enough. And hell, book sales went up. So I mean, more people got to read. I don't know. I mean, the th- and the, the, that's 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 a great thing the, about it. I mean, the thing is with the amount of violence that is in that film, and at the, you know, at the time that it was made, I, I don't think they could have gotten away with a, with a lot more than is actually in there. You know. Um, uh, it, it, no, I mean, because some of the violence in the book is incredibly graphic, and you couldn't get away with now. I, it's like, anywhere. I don't know, maybe Fincher could maybe pull it off. You know, just in terms yeah. of actually getting a studio to go with it, I mean. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it is, it's one of those where it, it just feels a little bit like a missed opportunity. It, it's it's a little bit too goofy, a little bit too cartoony. Uh, I, 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 like, I like the goofy and the cartoony. To be that, 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 that's I mean, fine, and I think I think considering how where, where the film ends up, you know, like the, yeah. that, how overblown it actually gets. Um, yeah, I mean, and that's that that's great. And I'm and, and I, I, someone who's read the book, though. So that's the weird um, thing. Had I not read the book, I think I would be absolutely on on board um, sure, yeah. with that. Um, but. Um, it, 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 it's quite, like I say, it, it's a strange way because I, I, I usually don't come at it from, from that angle. But American Psycho, it's one of those where I enjoyed it. I enjoyed my rewatch. Um, I haven't seen it since I watched it at the cinema and I watched it when it came out on DVD, but I haven't seen it since then. So God, it must be like 14 years since I've seen it. Um, and I enjoyed the rewatch, but it, what it's made me do more than anything is go, I'm going to reread that actually. Uh, cause it's been, it's been about sort of 10 years since the last time I read it. Uh, and I've, I've read it a couple of times, but I'm going to give it a, a reread. Yeah, nice. Uh, so yeah, so there we go. Uh, go on then. What's, what's the last couple you've got? Okay. So, uh, yeah, I'll, um, I'll do the good one first. So, uh, this it came out in limited release on Friday and it, um, it hits VOD in the UK tomorrow. Um, I, I did a review for it on VODs other as well. Uh, convenience. Uh, which is directed by uh, Kerry Collins, who uh, 
uh, won a Welsh BAFTA for a short film he, he made. And this is his feature debut, and uh, it's been getting some good notices as well. Uh, Kermode was positive on it. It got four stars in Empire. I think it did well in The Guardian as well. And uh, I can see why, actually. Um, so basically, the story is um, Ray uh, Pantaki, I think his name is, um, who was in EastEnders like a decade ago, and he doesn't look like he's aged a day in my mind's eye, um, but also um, Adil Akhtar, um, who is... The, the 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 kind of the co- the comic relief guy in Four Lions or the most comic relief guy. Oh, yeah. Um, basically, they're uh, two guys. Um, the film starts off uh, basically. Uh, Adil Akhtar runs into Ray Pantaki's apartment and basically says, "Yeah, I owe some Russian gangsters some money." And why? He was looking for somewhere to read a, his book. And he ended up in a strip bar. And he didn't... And he just thought that all the girls in there were hot. Like, physically, temperature hot. And didn't have any clothes on. And one of them asked asked him if he wanted to go into the champagne room. And he was like, well, yeah, okay. It's a nice place to read my book, I suppose. It sounds nice. And, um, yeah, he bought some fizzy drinks. And they turned out to be very expensive. And uh, he, he owes these Russians like 80 grand or something stupid like that now uh and and, and basically um he and uh his his mate uh decide to hold up a uh basically a petrol filling station and uh while they're oh oh, and they do so and they uh they basically take a number of people hostage including uh this like disaffected clerk clerk played by uh, vicky mcclure from this is england um and they can't get into the safe until 6 a.m. because there's a time lock on it. So they basically have to pose as the sh- as shop workers for for like the midnight shift. And uh, you know various people come in and out, and they don't really like register what's going on. And there's there's basically little vignettes like clerks, uh, which this film is heavily indebted to. Um, while there's also some kind of more traditional. I fucked up my life, I'm not doing anything with my life, I keep on saying I'm going to do stuff with my life and I don't type stuff. Uh, and that stuff's the weakest uh, stuff in the film. However, the interactions between the characters are great. Uh, Vicky McClure's very, uh, very good. Uh, she's got like a, a nice bit of acerbic wit about her, but she's very sad at the same time. And uh, uh, Panvaki and uh, Akhtar have got this really wonderful straight man comic relief chemistry. But Akhtar, he kind of starts off almost monosyllabically dumb. But as the as the events go on, he kind of grows in confidence and stature. And by the end of the night, he's he's the the what like kind of slight spoiler alert, He's the one who's kind of like saving the day and getting them out of this situation. And it's uh, it, it's a really nice character arc, and he plays it really well. Um, but yeah, like these vignette bits, uh, it's kind of interesting. I mean, there's some stuff that's ridiculous, like Vern Troyer's in it. Um, I, I, yeah, I just saw that. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he's in it for like basically two minutes. Um, but it, it's a pretty fucking good scene, actually. It's like he's ba- he basically comes in to buy some booze, um, but he doesn't want one of the the guys to like pick it up off the shelf for him because he wants to do it himself. So then, like, one of them tries to pick him up, but like as a baby. And he's just like, I'm not a fucking baby. Just like, pick me up. You know, it's just like, he's like trying to approach him. And like, how am I going to pick him up without pissing him off? You know, it's, 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 it's fucking funny. 
Um, and, and yeah, I mean, it just like the, 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 I mean, the the whole thing about like just like going into a strip club because you wanted to find somewhere to, where you could read your book and go into the champagne room and thinking that just sounded like a nice place to go. Yeah, you know, it's just it, it's it's dumb, but it's quite. It's oddly sweet, and it's it uh, you know, it gets you on on board with him. Uh, I mean, the, the the it does misstep, and um, that they, they, they do some like Ray Pantaki and uh, Vicky McClure have a kind of like a budding romance thing going on, which doesn't really quite work. Um, it would have been more interesting if uh, Adil Akhtar kind of got that stuff a bit more, even though he's not a conventional good-looking guy, but Ray Pantaki is really so. It, you know, from that point of view, you can see why they went that, down that road. But it's it, it kind of takes away from it somewhat. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of fun. I don't think it's going to lose anything by being seen on a small screen. But it's uh, it's funny, um, very pacey. It's less than an hour and a half long. It, it gets in and out. Um, yeah, it, you know, it does its job. Like uh, we said earlier on about Hard Target, and uh, yeah, more than enough laughs to sustain it. So yeah, enjoyed it. Uh, it good solid low budget British comedy, which is. Um, you know, getting its voice heard and deservedly so, I'd say. Uh, you know, it's it, yeah. I mean, it's it's not my favourite comedy of the year or anything like that, but it's it's very promising. I'm intrigued to see what what this lot do in the future. So yeah, good. No, oh, well, I'll I'll be I'll be checking it out. Cause it does sound it sounds like a good watch. It sounds like a damn good watch. I'd yeah, say. it it will be on Netflix within six months. It, you know, and, and yeah. it, it's it's it will be worth, definitely worth a watch. Uh, but finally, not worth a watch, also on Netflix, um, started off my kind of like watching horror films for October as much as I can kind of thing. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, just quickly on that. I, every year I, I, I always kind of succumb to this 31 days of horror thing. I'm fucking horrid out at the yeah, moment. It's, it's I've watched so much way. shit over the past 18 months that I'm very much, I even said to Becky, look, yeah, maybe Halloween week and definitely Halloween night we'll rock through some horror but before then I just I just can't be fucked I think I'm going to do re-watching like I'm going to watch the original Ring trilogy uh, because I've never seen Ring Zero and have you not? no and I'm, I'm going to re-watch the American Rings um I, 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 just because I, I quite I don't know I quite fancy that I'm, I'm kind of thinking I might, I might do a bit of J-horror this month like I, I don't think I've ever seen Pulse and I've I've heard okay things about Pulse that. is good. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Pulse is very good. Yeah. So and Dark Water's great. Oh yeah, yeah. No, actually, Dark Water's one I want to uh, rewatch as well. I actually kind of want to watch uh, watch the Walter Salas remake of that again as well. Good, yeah, it's it's good as that. Um, also, another one to check out. The Eye is good. Um, have you seen Marabito as well? No, I think the Eye the Eye I'm okay with. I'm not massive on the Eye, but Marabito. Marabito, I think it's called. Uh, yeah, yeah, Marabito. Yeah, that's that's fucking good. Um, a good one, 2004 film um, by Takashiya Shimzu. Oh, the guy. Yeah, it's 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 good though. It's fucking creepy as fuck. Okay. Yes. All right. Um. Yes. I will. I will check that out. Right. Okay. Remember that. Um. Yeah, so I, I like I, I don't know. I think I'm going to focus on trying to like watch stuff I at least know I'm interested in, like that I. Yeah. So yeah, and it's it's been a you know J horror was kind of something that kind of burnt itself out, but I'm, I'm looking to dip my toes back in. So um, yeah, we'll see. But I uh, kicked off with uh, Patrick, 
uh, which is the remake of the Australian film from the 70s, which I believe was uh, featured in Not Quite Hollywood. And this is actually directed by Mark Hartley. Um, And considering the amount of kind of notice he's been getting for, you know, Not Quite Hollywood and uh, 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 Hollywood. No. What was the Chainsaw Hookers? What was it called? Is fucking the second documentary he did after Not Quite Hollywood. Uh, um, Machete Maidens. Machete Maidens Unleashed. That was it, not Unleashed. Not Chainsaw Hookers. Yeah. I don't know where I got that from. Uh, but then also, you know, he did Electric Boogaloo, the Untold Story Canon films as well. But he, he directed Patrick, and uh, it's not been talked about much, and it's easy to see why, because it's fucking terrible. Um, <laughs> like, so it, if, considering the guy is obviously really, really schooled in genre, he has made the laziest fucking bollock yogurt here. <laughs> I, it's, it is fucking terrible. Every single scare is a jump scare. Every, oh. I, 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 genuinely, I don't think there's one that isn't accompanied with a loud noise. It is... Oh, that's bad. It is fucking brutal. And it's a shame because you've got <laughs> Charles Dance, Rachel Griffiths, and Shani Vinson uh, as the three leads. And that's... That's not bad. Yeah, that's that's all right. You know, I, it, it's... I mean, Rachel Griffiths has got a less-than-nothing role. I, I'm... God knows what she what she wanted to do in this apart from the paycheck. I, it, it's I mean it's kind of insulting how nothing a role she she is. But basically, for those who don't know, and I'll, I'll be quick because it doesn't deserve the airtime. Um, Patrick <laughs> is this uh, uh, basically uh, uh, in a vegetative state, uh, but he's essentially got telekinetic powers. Uh, but somehow he can make people. He can take over people using radio waves um, and he can do Google searches and talk to people through PC screens and uh, just he's being being experimented on by Charles Dance and he takes a liking to Shani Vincent and tries to harm anyone who tries to harm her or get with her and uh, it's just boo jump scares for 90 minutes and then it finishes. It's it is. There is not an ounce of wit or originality to it. Um, I mean, it looks like a film. <laughs> uh, it, but I, it's it's really, 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 really bad. It's. I mean, if it was, if it was like out this year, it would be my worst film of the year. There's nothing <laughs> to recommend it at all. There's nothing. Oh, good. I will. I will. I will absolutely avoid because that's the sort of shit that I end up hovering over and going, sort of lay on a fucking Saturday night, going. Oh, it's okay, it's why not? so fuck. It just. I do not know what Mark Hartley was doing here. I mean, I'm hoping it was taken off of him or something because it's, you know, considering, you know, he's managed to get three feature-length documentaries made. He's obviously got a massive love for film. And he, you know, he talks about, like, he features Patrick in Not Quite Hollywood. What he's doing here, I do not know. <laughs> I, it's it's yeah. so fucking bad. It, 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 it could just be the fact that 
he might be a great documentary maker, but he might just not be able to do theoretical storytelling. He should be more educated than what he does with the horror here. He should. He, I mean, he actually genuinely should know better. Anyway. Yeah, one of those. Twitter questions. What have we got? We have. Um, let's have a look. Opening Twitter. Uh, I think we've got, got a couple on here. Uh, uh, do, 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 do. Come on. Uh, Ginger Prince TGP73. If you could strand one person on Mars, who would it be? This really angry South African guy I spoke to at work the other day. <laughs> if I if I phone insert name of company Ian works for here, I expect to have my problem solved even if I'm not speaking to the right department. You're not speaking to yeah. the right department. I can't solve your problem. I can't pass you through to them because that department's closed because you're calling at a quarter to seven on a Friday night and I'm one of the only dickheads who's still here. Fuck off. <laughs> was, it, was it not a pleasant call? Oh, my God. He had a web support call. I'll be honest. I used to work on web support. I could have taken it, but I didn't because he was a twat. <laughs> one of those like it, it, it was uh, oh my god and he said it was like tangent he he was saying basically he's taken out he had a pension with us already he was starting up a new one he could only see the old one and he was saying and and basically the new one hadn't started yet is why he couldn't see his money in there trying to explain that to him was like telling a fucking baby to do rocket science um and then, like, he says, so I selected the option saying I want to see all my pensions, and now I can see my pension. Can't you see how that's confusing? And I just said to him, well, no, sir, not really. <laughs> and he got really... It doesn't sound confusing. You, you, you've clicked to see your pension. You can see your pension. Yeah, that doesn't sound. I'm not getting. I'm not getting his confusion. To be honest, yeah, I, I like. He, he was. He was annoyed when I said I don't. I didn't agree with him. He was like, <laughs> "What's your name? You're going to hear more about this." I was like, "Okay, yeah, my name's Ian Loring. L O R I N G. You know, just like I have to do on every fucking call." Was it Ian? Ian, what's that? Bo- boring. Ian, boring. <laughs> what? Well, how's that? How's that spelled? That's an unusual name. Yeah. Oh, do you know what? Do you know what? I was just thinking earlier on today. I've got a really normal name. I don't think anyone could possibly. Yeah. It's not. Call it unusual. I don't don't think anyone could possibly call my name unusual. Oh no! Hang on a second. (laughs) No. Hang on a second. I get at least three or four people a week saying. That's a weird name. I haven't heard that one before. And it's as if I'm supposed to, as if I'm going to say, do you know what? I made it up. Actually, my name's Ian Davis. <laughs> it's not a weird name. I, 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 use, I use a pseudonym in my job because I don't want you to know who I am. 
Um, well, actually, Beck used to work for a call center, a company, uh, a holiday company, uh, where the, the company is all based on the phones. Um, and they, you couldn't have more than one person working in the company that had the same name. So, for instance, there was already a Becky there, so there couldn't be another Becky. So she got given a list of names to choose from. Jesus fucking Christ. And the worst thing was, is to make it easier, for everybody at work, that is the name that they had to be called at, at work. What was the name? So it wasn't just the name uh, Robin. She oh was my god! So everybody called her Robin, and everyone referred to her as Robin, and all of her work stuff was as, addressed to her as, as Robin uh, Foster, because it's that they said it was just easier to do it that way. So like, if I, the few times I went out on like nights out with people that were, that were there, it'd be like. So they say, like, is that your real name or is that the work name? That's fucked up. And they're like, oh, and because the girl Becky was out with, out with us one night, um, and she's like, oh, someone said to me, oh, are you? So you're you're Robin's husband? Like, no, I'm Becky's husband. I'm like, oh, I didn't know Becky was married. Oh like, my oh. god. Yeah, and then you had the confusing bit of the girl looking at going, oh no, no, you're with Robin, not. Becky, I'm like, no, because her name's actually fucking Becky. It's just Robin at work yeah. for some fucking reason. Oh, my God. I, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's a bureaucracy, man. I mean, I've got to say, insert Ian's company name here. I actually genuinely like working for them. Um, but it, it's it's just the people. Yeah, like, it's just the customers. Some of them are lovely. Some of them are, like, salt of the earth, lovely, lovely people who I just want to help. And there are some who actually say they, they expect, essentially, if I call a wrong number, I still expect you to be able to deal with the problem. You yeah. Know? So that, anyway, yeah. that guy, he can fuck off to Mars. Yeah. Um, I, I, I had one that was a work one, but I actually I hope he doesn't fuck off to Mars because I need to talk to him on Monday. <laughs> yeah, I've got a... a a supplier who needs to supply me with six very expensive fireplaces for three very expensive jobs that I need to go right for very specific dates that he's now saying that he might not be able to supply them for said dates for. Um, and now he's quite simply, and this is this is the company this is, I'm dealing with here, isn't a small company uh, and they aren't cheap. He's quite simply now not answering the oh, phone. Oh, God. Yes. Uh, or when they do answer, somebody else is answering, and quite literally hear, bless you, uh, you can quite literally hear him in the black background going, Oh, God. To the point where I've actually at one point gone, Yes, you are. Did you realise I heard that? Did you realise I heard him say that? Oh, no, he's not, he's aware. I just heard him say in the background, I'm not here. That's fucking right. If you want a movie answer, Reese Witherspoon, fuck off. Uh, uh, if you want to move the answer, um, what the fuck is his name? That is with a pigeon looking motherfucker. The what? Michael Cena. Michael Cena? Michael no. Sarah. Sarah, that, that motherfucker, I still hate him. What a <laughs> cunt. Um, David DeMoss uh, at uh, AYTIWS or AYTWS uh, on Twitter. David uh, DeMoss, I hope you're not the South African guy I was just talking about, otherwise that could be uncomfortable. <laughs> 
<laughs> it could be. Uh, they named one flick the Marsha, another John Carter. How long is this and grow some balls and call a flick John Carter of Mars? Never, because John I, Carter is never. such a toxic brand. It's never, ever going to happen again. And, you know, blows my mind that that film's now seen in the way that it is. John Carter is fucking awesome. Uh, another question uh, Marcus Zizou uh, at Team Zizou um, age of film critics uh, can a young film critic uh, teens uh, early 20s really have enough life experience to be taken seriously can all critics understand a teen film can childless critics have the experience of the experiences that some uh, to appreciate some films um, that's a really good question actually. it is I kind of feel uh, bad that I actually really need a pee again but um I, the thing is, it's it, it depends what kind of level of criticism you're going for, really. Because I mean, like any, you know, if it's going to be like study of form and technique and whatnot, then I suppose as long as you've kind of studied cinema enough and you've taken it in and I don't know, like read stuff about it, then you could probably have an informed opinion. But it's I don't know. I think the, the qualification of critics don't matter as much for me as like do I generally enjoy their writing or do I am I generally on their kind of wavelength in terms of what they like or not like so that I kind of know whether it's an opinion that could be one that I myself would actually kind of take on board I suppose um you know I mean there are a lot of critics out there who uh, I, I I I think come at things at complete bullshit and it's nothing to do with their education on film it's just that I, I think they're you know they've got they're talking out their asses about things, or they're trying to sound more important than they they actually are. Um, sorry. Yeah, I, I I I do think. I mean, a great example was um, Ebert throughout his career, even when he got older, still had fascinating things to say about um, about teen films, um, and I think it's 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 all dependent upon the character of the uh, of the critique, so the, the, the critic, I suppose, with in terms of stuff like that, like. Will I still appreciate teen movies uh, now or when I'm in my 50s? Probably, yeah. Um, will I not understand some of the colloquialisms and the uh, the angst, etc.? Uh, um, probably, probably not. Um, yeah, I know from 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 um, speaking to Ian and doing podcasts with Ian before he was a father and after he was a father, I know that he's the way that he sees films uh, has has changed. So I suppose it's it, it, film critique. Uh, it, it is something I think that is very much. It should always be your opinion uh, of a film. If you're critic, if you're criticizing a film, or you're explaining why you like a film, why you don't like a film, it should always be your opinion, no matter who you are, and no matter what your opinion is. You should never uh, alter your opinion of a film um, to, to suit what you think is the right opinion to have, or what is the popular opinion, or even the contrary opinion to have of that, because if you do that and you go down those routes you're actually you're just talking by its very essence complete total bollocks um do i think that uh, the opinion that i had of something for instance um i don't know um the birds for instance come looking at there's a post of the birds up in my bedroom um my opinion of that when i was um 19 versus my opinion of it now would probably be be quite different um and i think that you've got to 
you should never watch, for instance, what is perceived as being a classic or anything like that um, once when you're 17 and then decide that either you really liked it or you really, if you really liked it, you probably rewatched it, but you really didn't like it, that you thought it was crap or anything like that, and be still saying that at, for instance, 30 nearly 33 years old, you should go back and go, well, actually, maybe you should go back and look at it once you've had that life experience because, you know, don't fucking hesitate to have your opinion. You know, don't be afraid to change your opinion on a movie, uh, even if your opinion was very strong uh, back in back in the day um, or anything. So uh, life experience should affect um, the way that you view films and the way that um, you talk about films or write about films or anything like that, and that, sh- that should grow. But film criticism should always be um, based around the style of your writing um, and the way that you put across your points, whether or not as a reader or a listener or a viewer or anything, whether or not I agree with your point. It's how you make your point. So therefore, if you say, I don't like that film, I think it's shit. Why? I thought the acting was really bad. Why was the acting really bad? I just thought it was. There you go. Your opinion's gone. Um, You know, I... If I feel like what essentially you're doing is you're just going against what is the perceived opinion, then, you know, and you're intentionally being contrary, then your opinion, therefore, is gone to me. Um, that's that's how I view it. So I think, yeah, I, I don't think that you should be considered a, a lesser voice, I suppose, based on age, circumstance or anything like that it, it always should be on the quality of your output but also as well it is interesting to see how people's viewing on films changes as they get older that's fucking spot on bud yeah I've got nothing, I've got nothing <laughs> to add to that that was great oh good I'm glad I, I said something intelligent for us. that was, that was <laughs> fucking definitive that was Jesus good, good thank you, you. <laughs> uh, cool uh, right you're, you're, you're hosting the ship here. That's the end of our question. Yeah, boy. And uh, next week, if all goes to plan, um, it's going to be a. We've got a special yeah, show, man, we? It's going to be rather packed. Um, so, Noel's pretty much like a defo. Jordan yep. is as much a defo as Jordan gets at this point, <laughs> gets, essentially. So, yep. it may well turn out that he doesn't turn up. Uh, but. Otherwise, it's going to be a bit of a 35mm Heroes reunion with Mark as well. Yeah. And Mark was on quite a lot of 35mm Heroes as well, um, toward, especially towards the, the back end of the podcast day. So, uh, yeah, it, yeah, it'll be a, an interesting reunion. It's, it should be a fun couple of weeks, actually, because we got that. No, and Noel's definitely on for Crimson Peak as well. So Yes, and we're, we're doing a special show for that, oh, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, actually, let's talk about that. So we're, we're doing, which, which I have termed, Guillermo del Toro fucked our faces and we loved it. Uh, yeah, which I love. Thank you. Which is basically going to be um, us, uh, yeah, um, uh, Mark, myself and Noel, taking on Kronos, The Devil's Backbone, Pan's Labyrinth, and then culminating with a review of Crimson Peak. So, you know, we're, we're not doing his American ones, even though I've been on the record for ages saying I find as much value in his Hollywood output as his Spanish language, just in different ways. But uh, and I absolutely agree with that. Thank you. But like considering that Del Toro has been very much like Crimson Peak is essentially as close to my Spanish language films as my American ones have ever gotten. It, it kind of feels appropriate. Mm. I was reading um I was reading Sight and Sound. They had a cover feature with him, and he was saying that the three films that he feels he's gotten 
closest to his vision of of them in his head are Devil's Backbone, Pan's Labyrinth, and Crimson Peak. So it'll 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 be interesting to see how we go there. I've got I've got uh, Chronos, Devil's Backbone, and Pan, Pan's Labyrinth all on Blu-ray now uh, to uh, uh, to help me out with this. I think I'm going to try listening to the commentaries as well. Um, Ooh, that's quite interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he gives good commentary, this Del Toro. So, um, mm. yeah, so next week we're doing Sicario, which uh, we're, we're all really looking forward to. Um, and then uh, the week after is Crimson Peak. So, uh, yeah, that should be fun. And then the week after, I don't know, I'm going to go and see Paranormal Activity. So then we'll go straight back down after that. But it should be a good couple of weeks. <laughs> um, so, yeah. so um, yeah, that's it. Dudeinthemonkey at gmail.com. At DudeFoz, at Ian Loring, at Dudeinthemonkey. And, um, yeah, we'll try and get the show up. Apologies for not getting the, uh, the, the show up earlier last week. Um, yeah, that's... My fault. I I I quite literally lost the file in my own computer. Yeah, but to be fair, so did I. MP3 Skype recorder that we used to do the recording for this did an update, and they stored the file in a really random file. And I had to go to an FAQ on their website where someone had actually asked, since the update, I can't find any of my fucking files. Where are they now? And they were like, oh, yeah, okay. I had to... the default folder is, to... and it's retarded how deep you have to yeah. go. You do. I, I had to physically type because luckily I took a photo of it and I forgot I'd taken that photo, so I had to physically type it in to get the file oh, out. And then you sent it me it. Yeah, you emailed it. I, I found it at uh, half past six this morning. Oh, oh sorry. Because yeah, my because my fault as well. Mark asked me to bloody send him the file. I think on Friday. I literally sent him to, it, it to him on Sunday morning today. So you know, equally yeah. my bad as well. So you know, we. we we try to get these shows out on time. We try. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we, we just fuck each other over, basically. Our life fucks us yeah, over. Yeah, either or. But I don't know. I've, I've, you know, I'm going to go see Macbeth on Tuesday nights. This isn't going up Tuesday. It's not going up tomorrow. It's not going up on Wednesday because it's the final of Bake Off. So, um, Thursday, maybe? Friday's Donna's birthday, so that's not happening. So, if it doesn't turn up by Thursday, it won't be up until the weekend, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but fuck it, it's free, and we hope you enjoy yeah, it anyway. there you go. Alright, so uh, that's it. I really need a pee, so I'm off. Bye-bye. Oh. Alright, speak to you later on, guys. Thank you very much for listening.